We take a look at the great Nick Cage's newest movie, Renfield. Did it rise from the dead or should it have been left in the grave? All that and more on today's episode of Reels Review. Hello, hello, and welcome to Reels Review. I am Donovan Weaver, and joining me as always is my Nate to my Ted Lasso, Jack Myrick. Jack, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. And I just kind of realized I I just gave you a big compliment saying you're a lot smarter than me because you know, Nate's known as kind of the tactician, and, but I also did call myself a good guy, so I guess it's not that bad. But we watched Renfield. We both did. Um... That's the movie we reviewed this week, and we probably shouldn't be doing it because it's not making any money at the box office right now. It is getting slammed. Uh, $65 million budget projected to have a $10 million opening, which I don't know if you're a math guy. It's not not very good. Yeah, not very great. This is kind of doing similar to Shazam. I think it probably probably do the same as Shazam, kind of just similar basic movie that's going to struggle at the box office when you have a big hit that we just reviewed in Mario that is just killing everything. Well, I, I think that's another reason for it, too, because Mario made is projected to make $85 million in its second weekend, which would be the most uh, money for a second weekend of any animated film of all time. So that movie continues to break records. As someone predicted, I can't remember who said they were going to do it. Shigeru Miyamoto? Yes, it was It was yeah. them. It was them. It was but, uh, yes, Renfield, or what it should have been called, uh, the Nicolas Cage Dracula movie, is uh, basically just about uh, Renfield, who is Dracula's familiar, which a familiar is just the servant of a vampire. And they have this relationship, which is a little toxic, I would say. And basically the whole movie, the theme is that Renfield is trying to get out of this toxic relationship, trying to stand up for himself, because, I don't know, Dracula's a little bit of a narcissist. Yeah, I think it definitely went into the whole relationship abuse situations in life, and it it te- taught I think teaches a lesson of realizing that a person in your life may be abusive to you, and we see that through Dracula's character to Renfield, and Renfield's got to you know he's like ah he's a good guy because you know it. It shows him, like, believe what in the words Dracula's saying and stuff. And it's just a film, I think, that builds off that and has a really deep meaning about that. I think that's that's a great message to get across, but may have failed <laughs> at doing so. But it, it did a good job, I think, of telling that story. Like, he's a narcissist. Renfield's being abused by this narcissistic person. And it's just a good, I think that was the best parts of this movie, was their dynamic. Easily. I If I had like a one-sentence review, I would say good, but not as good as I would have liked it to be. If you watch the trailers and you thought, that looks really fun, the gore, I like all that, I love Nicolas Cage, you you, you should probably you need to go watch it. You'll, you'll probably enjoy it a good bit. If you watched it and said, that looks really stupid, not up my alley, don't go watch it. The biggest positive I can think of the movie was the dynamic between Nicholas Holt's character, which is Renfield, who is the main character, by the way. If you're going to this movie thinking, oh, uh, Nicholas Cage is playing Dracula, like that's going to be amazing. He's in it. He's, he's a big part of the movie. But out of the hour and a half runtime, he's only in it for about 30 minutes, I would say. So that's easily the biggest positive. My biggest negative, besides something I'll get into later, was that Nicholas Cage wasn't in it enough. Because I thought he was easily the most entertaining part of this movie. That's because you love some Nicolas Cage. No, I think every, every, well that that's true. But everybody's been saying that. Go go watch any review. Go read any critics' review. They say Nicolas Cage kills it as Dracula. 
and he deserves better. I I gotta be honest. I mentioned to someone recently that I would be reviewing this movie, and they go, and this was their response. They go, he still makes movies. That's oh. what that's what they said, and I was like, yeah, you know, he's kind of been on the up and up. I guess he, well, it, he hasn't kind of been on the up and up, but he has been on the yeah. Up and I up. know in your eyes, you know, he's he's uh, no everybody. Did you see Massive Talent last year? I did not. I did not. I want. I do want to see that. It's one of the few good comedies that has come out in the past ten years, which to me, which is upsetting because the comedy genre is kind of dead, in my opinion. It's there hasn't been a lot of good comedies out, but no, Nicolas Cage, I think, gives a really good performance. He's the he's easily the best part of the movie. Nicholas Holt is, I think, is a really good leading man. He does a good job. There's some other actors that uh, I don't think quite hit the mark, but we can go into those later. Do you just want to go ahead and get into the characters? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so just talked about how great Dracula was, how great Renfield was. Not a not a big negative. It'd probably go into the mix, but I don't know if y'all have seen Aquafina. She plays in Shang-Chi. She's like the side character in Shang-Chi, the comic relief. And she also plays in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle 2. I think, I think that's what the movie's called. And if you've ever watched her, she basically plays the same person in every movie. Now, I do think this is her most interesting she's been. She's given the most comedy out of everybody in the movie. And a good bit of it is funny, but just as an actress, she's a little annoying. Not enough to like off-put me, but just enough to be like, mm, you know, I, I think I'd rather see somebody else in this role. I get that. Uh, I've mentioned to you, her sense of humor and another character in this movie, their sense of humors are not really for everyone. I think it was just her plot that really drug it down. Like, if it was like a separate movie with her, may, that movie would probably be good, decent, you know. But it's just her plot just didn't really fit in, and that I think hurt her character that could have been interesting. And so I think that's the only thing that hurt me for like, her character. I didn't mind her character. It's just this movie when we get into the plot more is, as you said, just two movies just smashed together. Yeah, it's, it's what it is. And then also uh, Ben Schwartz plays a guy named Teddy Lobo, who is the son of this mob boss, uh, this crime family they have. And I don't really think it's Ben Schwartz's fault. It's more of the character, the little weak, Weasley son, I just that, that that doesn't interest me. So he he was probably the biggest her uh, him and Aquafina were like the two biggest negatives in my opinion of the movie. But a kind of clear standout, which he doesn't get a lot of screen time, was a guy named Brandon Scott Jones. Never heard of him. He plays Mark, who's the main therapist. So Ren Ranfield goes to the support group, which and he does this about three or four times throughout the movie. And they're kind of standout scenes. They're pretty funny. Yeah, and. I think those scenes and the ones when Renfield's with Dracula are easily that that's the movie I want to see. They just didn't do it enough, but he has a couple of really really good lines of dialogue with Renfield. He's pretty funny and a clear standout in uh, this movie, and I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah, he was hilarious. I, I I definitely agree with the standout scenes. A lot of those scenes were really good with developing Renfield's character and emotionally. Uh, I think you get emotionally attached to him through those scenes. A lot of uh, the side characters have some funny little lines and stuff. Like the woman, I can't remember her name in the movie, but she gets cut off every time. Like, Is it Carol? I, no, I, don't, I, I thought it was like Mary or something. Because I know there's like Caitlin, but like she's always trying to say something, and it's like she gets cut off every single time by Renfield. And I just, just a little, little dumb humor like that I think was nice. Yeah, so th- those are basically the main people in the movie. Again, jumping back, 
Nicholas Cage's and Nicholas Holt's um, chemistry, I thought was really, really good. Uh, and I just, I needed more of it. They didn't do it enough. It's it's like a, a critique I had with Mario where I thought Mario and Luigi was the best dynamic of the movie. We just didn't get enough of it. Whereas Mario, I think, is a better movie. But if we would have had more of Dracula and Renfield interacting, maybe if it would have been 45 to 15 minutes of the movie instead of like 30 minutes, I think this would have been a much better time because at the core, this is two different movies split together. It's the Renfield-Dracula movie where Renfield is trying to get over his codependency of Dracula. And then it's a mob boss cop revenge thriller yeah, corrupt and all that it's and something we've seen a thousand times before and maybe that would have been a good movie if it would have just been its own movie but it just does not fit at all i think they tie it together at the end decently enough no i think they i think i no. think I, no. <laughs> I didn't think i didn't really enjoy it i think they do it decently enough no this isn't a compliment i'm just saying i think they do it decently enough to where it's like okay whatever that's fine but every time they kept on going back to Aquafina's character, or they kept on going back to the precinct, or they kept on going back to the mob fa- family, I was like, can we, get, can we get back to Dracula? Can we get back to the support group? That's the interesting parts of this movie. You know what it reminded me of? Peacemaker, where there's the cop storyline, and then Peacemaker storyline going on. It, I know I've already said this was Shazam, but this could also have been like a little TV show. Because I feel like TV shows, it feels better for like when the, there's an A plot and B plot. I think you just like TV shows better. You just like that. I, I probably do like TV shows. I do like movies. I do like movie series. Like Lord of the Rings, you know, Hobbit, Star Wars, which I, that just reminded me about. I'll get to the finale of this movie. But I just feel like it could have been, like you cut that out. It's just, it was pointless. It really didn't really do anything. I mean, obviously, he's telling a story about Aquafina's character. Her dad was this great police officer that was killed by corruption. And she believes in justice and all this. And you have Renfield, who's like, well, my justice may not be lawful. My justice is like, I'm going to let my... I'm going to help people by hurting others. Instead of, like, Aquafina's is, I'm going to help people by being lawful, by bringing them to justice. And Renfield's, you know, throwing them to Dracula to devour. Yeah, yeah, that that is his job, to bring Dracula people to eat. And he's done this for like 90 years. And uh, there, there's a really good opening scene. I, I thought it was very good, where they take you back to that time period. It's black and white. If I'm not mistaken, they have said that's an old Dracula movie that they just put their faces in. And if that's true, they did that seamlessly. Because deepfake is insane nowadays. I about to say they did that seamlessly because I was like, oh wow, because it, it looked like that was Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt back in that 1930s movie or whenever they made that. I thought that was cool. I almost wish we could get a movie that was black and white and it was that style of Nicholas Cage Dracula because that was that was the only time he played like a classic Dracula the way he talked. Because when you get into present day, it's very much Nick Cage doing his wacky, zany stuff, which, again, I love. I thought it was great. But a really good opening scene. Uh, and it establishes what kind of movie it's going to be, which is just a gore fest when the uh, Nicolas Cage goes inside the priest and blows him up. Now, me and Jack have talked about this at length. 
I'm a gore guy. I think it's great. Evil Dead Rise comes out Thursday, which I wanted to review, but somebody's a little baby and doesn't want to go see it, which, you know, that's fine. But I thought this movie was very good with the gore. It was a lot of CGI blood, which usually stinks. I thought it fit really well in this movie, kind of this comedic horror comedy. I thought it worked really well. A lot of of bloody scenes. I thought the action was really well-paced. What did you think of the gore? The gore... It was obviously gorier than Cocaine Bear. I a lot, think. lot gorier. Just because the action scenes involved gore. I I just I don't know. I've never been a fan of it. It doesn't like necessarily like fully bother me. I'm just like, eh. It's not something I've enjoyed in movies. So if you like gory movies, then if or I guess not a gory movie. If you like gory comedies then yes, you're going to love this. Like, I think like what the old Evil Deads were kind of like gory comedies. I yeah, seen them. yeah. Especially, yeah, the second and third ones are yeah. pretty gory comedies, yeah. I mean, it's not. this isn't a scary movie at all, but... No. It's, it has some cool action scenes, I guess. It, it did kind of make me laugh when uh, he is running around the apartment complex fighting everybody off, and then you have Aquafina's character just, just like in your standard police, like stance with the gun moving forward and then you cut him just jumping around like a ninja and then she's sitting there just firing away just yeah, casually she's, yeah she's firing while he's using people's arms to impale people yeah it's it's big big difference there with yeah. i just i thought it was funny just how just stupid it looked from going from him being this action star to her just going pew pew yeah, pew, 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 pew yeah and just yeah I, I don't know uh well i mean obviously you love gore so you're gonna love this a little bit more. That I wouldn't say. Okay, I get main to your question. I guess to sum it up, my answer for that would be, it did not hurt the movie for me. It was not like where the gore was stupid. I get it. It was. It was. It's a Dracula movie. There's gonna be blood. So that didn't. It didn't bother me. It was mainly just like, okay, this is a very gory movie. It's comedy. Eh. Did the did the comedy hit for you? You know, comedy is very hard for me. You know that. I, I I do know that. That's why I was interesting yeah. to get your take because we didn't watch this together. So usually I can gauge on how well you like a movie, or if we're watching a comedy, I can see how many times you're laughing. Which I think sometimes you'll say People a movie. You, you'll say a movie's funny even though you didn't laugh a whole lot. Uh, well, I don't laugh at all. Usually I just sit there and just go ha <laughs> a little nudge to you or something. But uh, so I was actually really interested to see if the comedy hit for you because it did hit for me. I'm trying to think of. I don't really like. The bad thing is, I've seen this movie more recently than you have. You have, yes. You watched it yesterday. I watched it. Ooh, what four days ago now? So it's been a. It's gonna yeah, be a while. Like I yeah. watched it last night, and then. Whereas, I, I don't know. Like no, no comedy stood out to me. Where I'm like, that was. Did you not like the opening scene where we're introduced to Dracula and he's talking about how he's bringing him like crap stuff, and he's saying he wants like a handful of nuns and a bus, and a busload of cheerleaders. I don't know. It just fell flat for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I being th- uh, thought, pessimistic this week. I thought that was so funny when he talks about that. <laughs> and then they cut to the restaurant, and, and it's and yeah, it's no, the game. I, mean, I know that's stupid and it's really dumb, but I, I it got a laugh out of me. You got that TikTok brain. There was also there was also a funny scene where he's talking to Renfield about wanting to take over the world and how they're going to do it together, <laughs> and it and it shows the whiteboard. And it's like Dracula's big plan of like uh, world domination, 
and then on a little post-it note, it says Anna Renfield. Yeah, it's just that subtle humor is really good. I, I do like some subtle humor. I like very witty stuff. I think that's what gets me usually. I think a lot of British comedies, like if you've ever seen Hot Fuzz, oh, I enjoy yes, that. Like, yes. I enjoy a lot of like, very, you got to be listening to what they say, and that's what's funny. Well, that's a lot of what Ted Lasso is. I think yeah, that's I think, why, I think that's why we, you enjoy that so much. I, yeah. I love that show too, but that makes sense. Uh, comedy. I'm trying to think. I I don't. I'm really trying to think. Was there anything? Cause I. I don't know. I just don't really. I can't. Th- I. I do think some of the therapy scenes were like. Yeah, therapy was good. It was kind of funny. I mean, I thought pretty much every time Nicholas Cage opened his mouth, I, I laughed. Yeah, I. I guess I might say, you know, this, one of the standout scenes was Dracula and Renfield in his apartment. I think there was some funny enough funny like aspects to that that was kind of like okay that's you know funny to me whereas but then i usually don't do this usually it's you i don't know why i kind of cringed kind of like cringe like really yeah because it was like their little fight like relationship fight and i'm just sitting there like which i did thought i did think i think that's okay i think it was meant to do that though yeah it was i think that's like the beginning i think that is what i found funny where it's literally him being like the the person in the relationship that is like, oh, where you been? Just kind of like, as they come home, like, oh, you're on the way. You know, that that I enjoyed. I think comedy, I think those probably were the, that, those I think would be my standout moments for comedy that made me like, hmm, just yep. get like a little grin out of me. You just hinted yeah. at it. Let's go into our favorite scenes. Uh, well, before we go to that, because I want to ask you, well, it's a dumb question. I just kind of want you to gush over him a little bit more. Who was your favorite character Ooh. in this movie? Not- it was tough because Aquafina was really up there. She was in the running, and we ben, also didn't talk about Ben Schwartz enough. I will say, yeah, well, oh, we can go back to him when we get to the. Plot. He kind of gets typecasted, but yeah, yeah we'll get into more. In the um, Nicholas Cage. If you looked at this and you're like, I wonder what Nicholas Cage's Dracula would look like. I would love that. It's that. It's it's. I think, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but I think he blends. Half of Nick Cage, like, what do you think of Nick Cage? That zany, like, woo, that that kind of guy. Yeah, I, I think he blends half of that with like a classic performance of Dracula, because there there are at some points, and this is the standout, not scary, but this guy's dangerous is when he kills the whole support group. You're like, oh, oh, this guy's doing this like weird, funny performance, because even when he walks in there, he's like the Lord of Death, woo, like like does something yeah, like he does that, like, oh, he does, oh, oh. Yeah. And then covers his mouth. But then when he decides to kill people, he just oh he kills them. And I think also the the best it, this goes back to it. I'll just go ahead and say what my favorite scene was was when Dracula realizes that Renfield's basically trying to get his life in order and trying to go away from him. He confronts him at the apartment. I think that scene is great. Is it like expertly acted by both of them by Nicholas Holt and Cage because it's funny but it's uncomfortable too, yeah. as you were just hinting at. I think I think Nicolas Cage just he kills it in this. I I want to see another movie where he is the main star as Dracula, where it's a Dracula Nicolas Cage movie where he's in it for the whole runtime because he's not the main character at all. Renfield is the main character, and Nicholas Holt's very good in this, which is why I would love to get a sequel, even though this movie's not gonna make a lot of money. So I don't know if we yeah, are, but he's it, easily my favorite character. If they did a sequel, they could go back in time and do the black and white, as you said. I, I think it'd be really for cool. Renfield. I think it'd be really cool, but uh, what about, have it end with he meeting Renfield? Uh, what about you? What, what would be your favorite scene? 
Or little sorry, character. favorite character. I yeah. think we've given away our favorite scenes by saying the yeah. apartment scene. It's, it's very good. Uh, as we've said, we enjoyed the dynamic between them two, so that's obviously going to be our favorite scene. It fleshed out their characters. It showed their relationship. But going back to my favorite character, ooh, I I might go Renfield. I might go. I really liked Renfield. I thought he was really good. I did like Mark, uh, the the head therapist guy. I thought he was like I. You know, I might I might put him just because comedy wise, because I do enjoy like even though I didn't like laugh or anything, I did like his little when Renfield's explaining Dracula, his boss, to Mark, and I'm trying to think, what does he say? Oh, his power won't grow. He says something about his power won't grow, yeah. and he's like, he's like, yes, that's such a weird way to phrase it, but yes, yeah. and he's all like excited for him. And he's just like, it's so strange. It's just, it, he did really good facial expressions. I felt like he did. I, I enjoyed that. And then at the end, oddly enough, two movies we've just were reviewing now: Super Mario movie and this end with very dra- like depressing statements by these characters. Because the Mario movie was Luma being like, the world means nothing. Yeah, blah, it's, blah, a, blah. Yeah. it's all then void. Then you have uh, Mark at the end of this one when he brings him uh, back. And Mark's like, I've seen terrible things like on the other side of the afterlife. So I was like, what did Mark do? Like, yeah, where, where did he go? Yeah, did he, did he go down? Uh, like, now to, I don't trust Mark. Like, yeah. did Mark do some bad things secretly or something? Oh, lore. Oh, yeah. a, a little delve into it. Because you got to think, like, he was talking about... I've, you can't unsee these things, and I'm like... That means, yeah. oh, okay, so there's an afterlife in this yeah, world. There's after- well, and there a- have to be, obviously, if, you know, he's... I mean, he... Nicholas Cage's uh, Rent- Dracula ends it with Hell Satan. That's, like, his right. thing. He's a lord to death. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I... Again, I, I feel like there's the three main characters... The three standout characters were Renfield, Dracula, they're both great, and then Mark was a really good side character. That whole support group, it, it's almost like when they say New York City is a character in the Raimi series, especially in that second one. It's like New York City is a character in that series. The support group as a whole was a really good character, if I can if I can cheat and say that. that yeah, I, th- I think you could. They all did really good, but Mark was easily the standout on there. Real quick, what was your favorite scene besides that apartment scene? Because we both said that's our favorite scene. We've just discussed it at, at length. There's a lot of big action gory scenes. I'm assuming none of those would be your favorites. What would be yours? I think early on with Dracula, where he's all burnt up and he's trying to heal up and stuff with Renfield, because as I said to you before, uh, when I called you about setting everything up, I think, I, I don't know why, I just thought it was funny as like, if this was just Nicolas Cage coming on to like set and treating Renfield actually as his assistant. And then Nicolas Cage, like I could see him talk to his assistant like that. Like you must feed me Renfield. Just like, I'm like, that's, that's I'm like, it's Nicolas Cage. That's, that's how he treats his people. You know, he's sitting there just like, like I shall heal or whatever. Like he says, I just thought it was funny. Just seeing like, Oh no, Mr. Cage, this is, we're shooting a movie. He's like, you're shooting a movie. I think that would just be funny. Just yeah. him. Like not knowing he's supposed to be acting like that. No, that's Nicolas Cage. He's he thinks he's Dracula. No, that. God, okay, never mind. I, I was gonna try to go with something else, but that's probably my favorite too. Again, when when this movie, when this movie hits, I think it hits really well with the Dracula and Renfield stuff. And I know it sounds repetitive, but that's the good part of the movie. It, if it was that the whole time. I think this would have, I, I would have given this a really, really positive score. I'm still positive on it. I'm slightly positive. But it could have been, 
Well, I guess we're instead of talking positives, what were the worst scenes? Probably anything to do with the cops, anything to do with the mob. I just didn't like it a whole lot. So this is set in New Orleans. Yeah, Cafe Dumont gets a little gets yeah, a little. Yeah, no, I, mean, I didn't even know it was set in New Orleans until they said that. Yeah, there's like Cafe Dumont. Um, we'll name drop for them. Probably just like the for, again the forgettable scenes where one scene that I thought was just terrible was when they were in the precinct and. Teddy Lobo gets caught and he's like getting confessing. T- he's getting interrogated and I'm just like, and it's not like that's just a terror. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, episode. exactly. It's not like it's just like this the worst scene I've ever seen. Like it wasn't dreadful. It was just I'm like, I, can y'all cut away from this? Like I want to get back to. I think there's so many standout scenes for this not to be better. If that makes sense. Yeah. The, the restaurant, the restaurant fight is a standout scene. The uh, the opening drug fight in the movie, Renfield has to go track down these guys after after his support group, and to to get you know food for Dracula. That's a good yeah. fight scene. Obviously, the apartment fight scene where he impales two people with uh, yeah. with arms is nice. But every time they cut back to Teddy Lobo and his mom monologuing, I'm just like, I don't care about this. Can we please go back to the good part? Yeah, I agree with that. It's those definitely kind of held it back. So I think they could have just made this. I mean, we're going to exhaust ourselves saying this, but this could have just been a story just about Renfield and Dracula's dynamic instead of adding the side plot of the Lobo family and the corruption of the cops and splicing those two plots together with Aquafina's character, uh, Rebecca, and having the honor for her dad and stuff. You could just cut that out and just make it a movie where you follow Renfield throughout the movie, have him encounter these side characters of like him learning more and more about the abuse he's suffering from Dracula and how he can overcome that and become a hero in himself, like be a strong person. I think they could have still had Aquafina in this. Like he could have just seen Aquafina, like in going back for the restaurant scene he could have just seen her stand up and be like yeah just shoot me or whatever and him learn like oh you can just stand up to people yeah I think that scene that, works that, really well then you don't need to go into the whole like cop story you could have literally just had her come in as a cop or like um whatever and done, or just a human being don't even make her a cop make her just some person like she, like he's trying to like rob the her and he she's just like yeah just shoot me or take it I think that would have been great. I would have even been okay because I was trying to think. How, so how? So how could we have made this movie th- better? That's what I thought. I was like, You're like I was, more Nicholas Cage, uh, Nick Cage, Nick Cage. Just have Nicholas Nick Cage. Cage be the only character. Just let him play every role and just let him. But no, I think a good movie, and this could have really. Got, and this sounds weird for a Nicholas Cage Dracula movie. You could have gotten really deep with this, and explored the people in the support groups like, what they were dealing with. Like, let us see that abusive relationship that they are going through. And through Renfield, they can overcome it. So you have Aquafina's character kind of being the the uh, the horse that Renfield watches uh, succeed. And then Renfield can be that for the support group. We could have went into that support group yeah. more, fleshed that out. And I would have much rather seen a movie about that. It would have been, a, like, emotionally... Yeah, it'd, it'd probably been very emotional because, I mean, it's an emotional subject with people that struggle in relationships. And I, I think that would have been a much better movie than the one we got because when they did have the... When the comedy hit, it hit, 
And there was a couple of pretty good, like, emotional stuff that I thought was decent in this one. But then, again, there's there's not enough of either of that because yeah. half of this movie is mobs and cops. And I'm just like, ah, this is like, bad. where's Dracula? Where's Dracula? I mean, no, no, that's how I felt because he he and Renfield were the best part of the movie and their you dynamic know, was like great. like the poor person working at a- AMC just go up to them, just miserable, just sitting there at that empty theater and be like, have you come up to him like, I want a refund. I didn't get enough Nicolas Cage. I didn't get enough Nicolas Cage. They should have no. gave me half off for that ticket. I I don't think my words can get it across enough how big of a Nicolas Cage fan you are. I love him. Yeah. Like, so, I, I, I was going to... So I wanted to close before we got into our thought, like, final review of it. Wh- where would you rank this amongst his performances? This is his funniest... Somebody said this, and I agree with him. This is his funniest performance since Face Off. If you've ever watched Face Off, he plays with John Travolta. That's a great movie, by the way. Go watch any of Nicolas Cage's movies in the 90s. He pretty much knocks it out of the park every time. That's not just me saying that. A lot of people agree with that. Massive Talent was great last year. Y'all need to go watch this. As far as movies, this isn't even in his top 10. Not even close. I'm a big National Treasure fan, and I know that that's Could like... Could have been in your top 10 if there was a driving scene of Nicolas Cage? Easily. Easily. Well, like moving around if, if they would have combined Gone in 60 Seconds with this, this would have probably been the greatest film of all time. He's very good in this. I Again, I, I think he, he never phones it in. I'll give him credit. And this is something people don't give him credit enough. They're like, Nicolas Cage from like 2005 to 2015, he took a bunch of these direct-to-video movies because he needed money. Because as we know, Nicolas Cage is a very big spender. He likes buying big pyramid pyramid tombstones and dinosaur skulls, so he needed money. But he never phones in any of those performances, even if he's in a terrible movie. He gives it his all. Have you watched some of them? Yes. Which one have you watched? Uh, there's, uh, see, I can't remember. Uh, so there's one called Frozen Ground, which isn't as bad as it, it's. It's basically Nicholas Cage plays. Can I a, find that at my local Dollar General. Oh, easily, yeah. He plays a cop, and then there's one. There's one really bad one where he plays a husband and wife with somebody, and they get broken in on. That's probably the worst. One of the worst films I've ever watched. But he's 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 interesting in it. It's just he never phones it in. He gives another great performance here. Like most movies he's in, though, he deserves better. And maybe that's his fault or his agent's fault. But get this man some better movies and give me National Treasure 3 because that would probably be my favorite trilogy of all time if they completed that. Yeah, because you've kind of, with Disney, you're, that's, that's, like, that's like your arch rival at the moment with movies. I God, feel like. I hate Disney right now. I just think they're ruining everything. Star Wars, the direction they've taken it. Marvel. Marvel's kind of been going down here. Not kind of. It's awful. <laughs> and... uh then you now have the new National Treasure which series. Is, which is terrible, by the way. Some people might like it. Some people No, might. they won't. They won't. <laughs> they won't. It, it got critically panned. It got critically panned by... When you get critically panned by critics and audiences, you're bad. That's bad, bad. Yeah. That's not for anybody then. And that was a poo fest. Bring, bring me National Treasure 3. You would make so much money. The first two made so much money. I don't want to go off on that. I can go off on a tangent on National Th- uh, Treasure 3. But I guess we can just go into our critical receptions. Uh, 60% critic on Rotten Tomatoes, which that's not bad for this kind of movie. Kind of a dumb horror comedy. 80% audience was just strong. 
which is kind of weird that this movie's doing so bad at the box office with such with two big names like Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt, and you only get eighty percent box office. Three point two on Letterbox, six point two on IMBD. So I think the consensus is this is a decent movie, but not great. I'm gonna go with the same thing. I'm gonna go with seven out of ten for my score. A seven out of ten, which it could have easily been a nine out of ten if they would have just done some things different. And then my ultimate review is Nicolas Cage gets 180 billion out of 10 for his performance as Dracula. Well, it's, it's kind of low for Nicolas Cage. Actually. I know, I know, but there's just like, there's, there's a couple of scenes where I'm just like, ah, he could have been a little better there. A little there. bit better. A little well, bit better there. Suffering, that line he delivered. No, I love that scene. You see, was, see, you thought that was rough. bad. I love rough. that. He's so funny when he gets into that kind of stuff. But I think I think all that's really great. Well, I don't know. What did you think of it critically? I'm going to go with, I think this is our lowest like number for any of the movies reviewed. I'm going to go with a 5 out of 10. Wow, because I know when, originally you said you might go 6. I just didn't enjoy it. I just didn't like it. was kind of just there. Like I, I, do, I did say, I know last week I was talking about you can't be like critical. I do think movies are just enjoyment movies, but like if you're going to look at it critically... Which is redundant to me from last week, but I, I just, I just, I think with this one, the reason why I give it such a low grade is because I just wasn't invested. I just could care less. I didn't like. I don't think it. I think they just could have dove more into Renfield. Like obviously, I, I connected a little bit emotionally because there's scenes they do, and I do enjoy. I think, I do. I mean, I could bump it up to the six just because of the message it was telling. Because I thought the message was. That was the best part of the whole movie to me was the message telling about abusive relationships and how to handle that and that you're not alone when you feel like this person's manipulating you and stuff. I thought that was like a very beautiful statement to be told by them and like and, and it's funny that you know it's it's a unique way to tell it in story of Dracula and his servant and that was just ruined by a cop and corruption. Yeah, That's- weirdly enough I agree with you because Another movie that I have bragged on several times on this podcast is Puss in Boots, and they delve into some very serious topics for a kid's movie, animated kid's movie. But whereas Puss in Boots put that into the plot and went into it and explored it perfectly, this movie presents it, does a does a, a good job of coming across and what you should do, but then just doesn't go far enough, and it just kind of falls flat in other aspects of the movie that should have been well. That's why... When we opened the podcast, I said, it's good. It should have been so much better. They had a really good idea yeah. here. A really, really good idea. And like a lot of things, great idea kind of falls on its face a little bit, which yeah. is a little upsetting. Kind of top dollared it. It kind of just did not go over the rope. It fell flat on its face. It did. It's it's a very, it's a, it's a movie that has some high highs, and it's got some low valleys, some low lows. And that's always upsetting when you get a movie like that. You get a movie that, at some points, looks like man, this this is great, and then at other points you're like, like what did y'all do? Like come on, you're like oh dang, is Mario? Okay, Mario starts at three fifteen. I, I, I was I, I did tell Jack before this that maybe we should go check out Mario again because he got the freaking popcorn bucket. Uh, and now I ma- now you're and yeah. I made fun of him for it um, because it was uh, a price that I, I deemed too high, and then and then I came in as uh, his uh place and the i was, yeah i came in the shire and, <laughs> and i saw it and i was like oh, dang it's actually kind of cool now i wish i would have got one yeah the reason why i got it i mean i told you this is 
I mean, it has nothing to do with this, but the reason why I got it is just because I wanted like a bucket for my apartment. I just need something to put stuff in. And as you can see, I'm using it for candy right now. That's where all my Easter candy has mm -hmm. gone. He's got some. He's got his little Easter bunny in there. Yeah, his favorite treat. But uh, that yeah. is that is going to do it for today's podcast. Yeah. Next week, we're not going to review a movie, even though I really would like to review Evil Dead Rise. You uh, can give your thoughts if you go see it. You yeah, can give okay. Thoughts. So I will watch it. I'll give my thoughts on it. Quick little, maybe three minute mini review. Uh, I hope you're scared because I know I know you joke that I'm the baby that doesn't want to see it. It's more just I could care less about watching that movie because horror movies. I I feel like they're hard to review because it's like I'm just not a horror fan. I feel like I just won't be fit for that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I will I'll clear this up real quick. That I would, that little jab I took at Jack. I think it's just more like this isn't his type of movie. I think I am I would be a lot more scared than Jack would be at this. Yeah, movie. And, which is selling because I do think that movie is going to be terrifying. Cause it I, looks it looks it looks horrifying. And I've joked with you. I was like, I expect you to come literally sleep on my couch. In the Shire. No, I that. told him that. I said, Jack, I'm sh I'm shacking up with you that night because it's one of those things. I don't know if y'all ever done a really intense workout and you know what you're getting into and you're like trying to hype yourself up because you know this mm -hmm. is about to be a terrible Got experience. The theme song playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came to play, and when I go into this movie. Like mentally, I'm gonna be like, okay, Tom, you got this. You're good. Hey, look, hey, it's not real. It's good. You're good. Yes. Best part is you're gonna be sitting alone watching that movie. I bet there's gonna be maybe one or two people in that theater. No, no, no. Weirdly enough, I got a buddy coming up from a. Uh, oh no, I was really hoping. You yeah, no, see no, it no, alone. no. I'm not watching this alone. I got a buddy coming up. Uh, shout out to Chandler. He's coming up because we're going to the Hawks Celtics game, and he's gonna watch it with me. Thank God, because I don't think I could watch this alone. But. Sorry, that is going to do it for today's podcast. Next week, we will be discussing our most distasteful movie tropes or yes, tropes that we're, we're tired gonna, of seeing. Yeah, we're going to talk about mainly tropes that we're tired of in movies. And we may, I don't know, we may say it for another time. We may dive into some of our favorite actors as well. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that a lot. I wonder who mine's going to be. You probably couldn't guess by this review. Nope, you could not tell. Uh, uh, but Aquafina? She's amazing. She really is incredible. She is. But thank you all again. For Jack Myrick, I am Donovan Weaver. And remember to always keep the popcorn popping and the reels rolling.